celebrate the fifth birthday of The Secret Library, an invitation for you. Up until now, our private community, The Secret Library Cafe, has only been open to students in my courses. But we're now extending membership to Footnotes and Voyeur subscribers. Go to carolinedonahue.com slash footnotes to get weekly writing inspiration in your inbox and entry to the most supportive and generous community of writers I've ever met. That's carolinedonahue.com slash footnotes to receive your invitation to join. This is the Secret Library Podcast. Welcome to season four, The Visible Writer. How do you fully show up when you write? What does it mean not only to be visible to others, but also to yourself? We'll be exploring these and other questions this season. We're also excited to make the show more visible. If this episode is meaningful for you, please share it with friends and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. It means so much and helps us celebrate our fifth birthday by impacting and sharing this show with even more people. My guest today is Nika Carley. Nika is a writer, multidisciplinary storyteller, body poet, moon stalker, ceremonial activist, and abolitionist, and yoga teacher who helps soul refugees and multidimensional messengers, artists, healers, athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, access and unleash the remembrance of their erotic genius and scale their soul's work into preeminent platforms of social change through primal self-reintegration. Her work also evokes and provokes the somatic decolonization of systemic racialized and sexualized trauma in the bodies of melanated Black, Indigenous, women of color creators and white co-conspirators of the anti-racism revolution at hand. She has over 20 years of experience coaching in the fields of yoga, fitness, mindset, strength, and conditioning, rehabilitation, wellness, creativity, and leadership, and has dedicated the last few years to the liberation work of dismantling and decolonizing the intersection of systemic sexualized and racialized trauma in the bodies of creators of color. Nika is devoted to helping raise the vibration of universal consciousness and assisting in mending the hoop of the world's many peoples through her writing, speaking, private mentoring, online programs and intensives, and retreats. She is the go-to mentor for multi-dimensional she is the go-to mentor for multi-dimensional messengers, creators, activists, and healers who are ready to create epic fulfillment, impact, mastery, and freedom through the primordial ecstasy of their erotic soul. I knew as soon as we did an episode on not being online and permission not to be on social media, that we had to present the other side of this equation. And Nika was the best person I could think of to turn to who has made being online a fully embodied, ritualistic, and beautiful source of expression. In this conversation, we got into why she's able to be that way online, what boundaries and levels of self-care she has in place, as well as what it means for her to be visible as a writer in the world, both to others as well as herself. I am thrilled to share this conversation, which goes all the way from the top, looking at the expansive way of being as a writer to practical ways to step into this and begin to access this sort of experience for yourself as a writer 
who's often nervous sitting at their keyboard. I'm really thrilled to share this conversation with Nika Carley. Hey, Nika, thanks so much for coming on. Mm, You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to have you on because there is this thing about visibility. And I think (laughs) we started this season talking about visibility. And I like challenging people's presuppositions of what that has to look like. So we started with, you don't have to go online if you don't want to, but... (laughs) I knew immediately that having presented that side of the argument, we had Mm. to present the empowered side of going online. And I think you're pretty much, I don't, I can't think of anybody else who's really (laughs) like putting it out there with as much (laughs) gusto as you are in terms of really getting into it and making online a source of really powerful writing. Yeah. So I'm interested in how that started? Was it always easy to lay down what you're laying down or was there a process? I imagine there was a process, but I can't be 100% sure. So I want to hear your story of how, maybe how this all began. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the online thing came about because I am a raging introvert. I love, I I love being on stage. I love teaching. I love being in the transmission, leading ritual, guiding, teaching all the things. And every other moment almost of my life is like, why are you talking to me? Like, I just need to be in my creative cave. And, and, and that's about it. So all along kind of like when I was working, you know, in person doing things and wasn't in my soul work. Like I knew what I was being called to do since I was a little kid. Like I knew this remembrance, the portal, the void, the primordial, the creative, like the unleashing, the art, the activism, all of it. And when I was in kind of, you know, in person, when that was a thing, it was, (laughs) there was this deep calling of like, you're living on someone else's timetable. Like you're, 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 you've created a life where you are subject to not only the, the, the concept of the, of the time space continuum, if we even want to click go into that, but like in that, but it's also based on what someone else wants of you. And like, you have to be here at this time. You've got to do this. This is how your art needs to show up. This is how you need to show up, et cetera, et cetera. Even when I had moved into, um, and so background a little is just, you know, like couple decades of, of body of mind, of, of all the things, yoga, athletic training, personal training, sports conditioning, all the things. And even when I was doing my own personal training business in person, it was like, I loved the crap out of my clients. And I was, it was also like anathema to my soul to meet someone in a place (laughs) at a specific time and not be able to just write and unleash and just like take five hours to sit under the sun and like roll around like a wildcat and then like write a paragraph and be like, okay, the day is done. Like it was just so hard. And so the idea of going online and has always been there. It has always been that thing since it was a thing of going online and like, you know, doing things and I was like, this is, this is, this is the, this is the thing I can, you mean like I can stay at home <laughs> and engage with life however I want. And so once I finally was like, okay, it's time. There was the let's hire coaches because I quote unquote suck at business and I don't know how to do these things. And 
when I was hiring people, it was very much that they were like, I have no idea what to do with you. So let's try to shrink you into my, my viewpoint of what you have to do to kind of like succeed online. And so I went down that rabbit hole for a while. And that was kind of the, the rebirthing process of moving from creating in such a way that it was when you know, it's when you know, it's not the thing when you, you know, and that was the rebirthing canal of really going into like, I, 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 I can no longer allow myself to live such a life. Like I cannot do this any, any longer. And coming online was one of those deep, deep, deep portal spaces, deep medicine portal of being able to really come into the allowing, like allowing myself to fully show up. So online, being online is easy for me in the sense that because I'm an intro, like I have, I, I don't like reaching out to people. I'm like, here's my world. Welcome to it. Right. Like, come on in the water's fine. But the, when I was, and I studied so much of, of marketing and online and all of the things, and a lot of it teaches, you've got to reach out to people. You've got to do a lot of one-on-one communication with people. And I hate it. I, I, I absolutely, it, it's a drain. It's exhausting. And so really being able to just show up and just unleash and drop whatever it is I drop. And then like, not, I, then I talk to mentors and I talk to clients and I talk to like loved ones on, <laughs> on occasion, but like the only other times that I'm really outputting, um, into the world, aside from just like writing or dropping content, um, like having client calls, group calls, et cetera, or like twice a week, sometimes three times. And so it flows, right. It flows with my energy. And so being online as it's supportive to me as the muse, me as the portal for, for the art, for the messaging to come through because it allows me to, to live energetically the way that I desire. So let's, let's talk about the drop. So Mm. can we slow it down and look at, Mm. because I find myself reading things that you post and (laughs) like talking to the screen as I'm reading them. I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, as I um, thankfully we're all at home, so I can do this. But I'm interested in your side of it. You know, Mm. how does the idea first come to you when you post something? I'm thinking also of the way that you're using Instagram in particular. Mm -hmm. Like we think of this as a photo medium and people have played with the caption format, but you've made it into like a poetic sharing platform really yeah 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 um yes so the the dropping in with the drop is (laughs) it it kind of varies right like every day it's it's simply allowing myself to be in my own spaciousness so if I'm feeling constricted it's like oh no, no 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 what do I need to do what what am I called to do to, to really be with the breath to, so that might be movement. It might be laying on the ground. It might be watching a movie. It might be reading. It might be, um, like whatever it might be. Right. And it's simply allowing myself to create some fertile ground for me to be with whatever is already there, right. Whatever is already, um, trying to commanding, demanding, begging, lamenting to be moved through, 
And the reason that Instagram became what it is for me is like, it was like one of the, like, it couldn't not, right. I, I played with it years ago and um, hit or miss and like, okay, let's make the, the perfect feed and have it, you know, like <laughs> we're going to have a text, a text image, and then we'll have a, an alternating, and then we're going to have a light one and then a, and then a dark one and we're going to alternate. And and I felt constricted because I was trying to then create to match a platform. So what I, for me, this is disrespecting the magic, right? This is, this is trying to fit the magic into an online platform because you think that's what, whatever it is, like for whatever the reason is. And I love aesthetics, but it was also not it wasn't turning on my soul. And so the reason that the captions they're they're simply um, for the most part, they're, they're the blog post, right. That goes in They're the poetry that goes in and it, it couldn't not be that in order for me to actually enjoy being on it. So this is one of the biggest things for myself, for, for clients, for students that I tell, like if you're trying to fit your magic into a specific format into a specific platform, into a specific algorithm, you're disrespecting the magic. Like the magic is asking you to be the portal for it, to be birthed, to be rebirthed into the world as it is in this moment, in this time, as you are in this moment in time. So if you're using whatever it is, Instagram, whatever it is, YouTube's (laughs) all the things, are you allowing them to simply be a landing ground for the magic for soul? Or are you trying to fit soul and fit your magic into the constructs of someone else's, someone else's genius? Because that is someone else's thing that you might use. But if you're trying to fit your magic into their thing, then, then for me, this is what I know today, for me, you're disrespecting the magic. And so for me using Instagram the way I do it, it can't not be that. Like I love playing with photography. So like I love upping that game and I get pretty lazy with photography, which is why the photos are generally just like, hey, what's up? (laughs) But the writing is always, it's the it's the soil. And then anything else gets to birth through that in whatever way it's it's desiring. But I I can't, for me, I can't use a platform and try to fit my magic into it. So that's, that's why Instagram became uh, what it became for me. That's so cool. I think this is the place where people get stuck too, is Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. is we're visible on someone else's terms. Yes. We are sharing, and this happens all the time. I mean, it, it depends on, actually it doesn't to be honest, it doesn't depend on the, the format that you're working in. As soon as we start playing somebody else's game, then we don't enjoy it anymore and we don't have any satisfaction out of it and it ceases to be meaningful. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not doing, like if you're not being, like if you're not evoking meaningful work and whatever that means for you, not for anyone else, then there, there is the texture of it, the quality of it, the taste of it. It's like, uh, it's tepid, right? It's like lukewarm bathwater. You're just like Whoa. in the banality. You're in the banality when you could be in the magic. This is, this leads to something I wanted to ask you, but I wonder mm. if it all just leads back to the magic. But so you're sharing really deep, deep stuff. It's not mm. like, a recipe or like a casual thing. This is like deep, personal, getting into the guts 
material mm-hmm. on really mm-hmm. meaningful topics. Yeah. And so as an introvert, who's also <laughs> sharing very deep personal internal stuff, yes. how do you manage that balance of being very, very visible out in the, right. the online space and also feeling safe to do so? Yeah, there, there's been, there's been a journeying there and I believe it, I mean, it's an ongoing journeying, especially in a black body that there's a lot of systemic trauma work and, and medicine that gets to be a part of my creative process, if you will. Right. There are portals that I, that I initiate into and through, and as in order for me to fully be in this body that I'm like, yes, this, this is, this is, <sighs> we, we can fully evoke and, and, and show up as whatever, you know, however we're being called to show up. And this, the intro, the introversion is, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an integral part of anything that I do, whether that is creating, whether that's hanging out with friends, whether that is, um, you know, this also is part of the creative process, but like having notifications off, like my phone is always on do not disturb, except for a couple, you know, like emergency um, contacts. And so all of it, it's like the ways in which I am able to, to fully ring out my soul as an introvert, as, as a block, black body online in, in just any way, creatively, um, artistically, um, abolitionism wise, it's an ongoing and hmm, integrated aspect of, of, of how I exist in my body and life. So one cannot, for me, cannot exist without the other. So if I'm not doing, um, if I'm not in my own practice, physically, energetically, um, spiritually. So like if I'm not dropping in with the God self creator, great mystery, if I'm not dropping in with quantum, if I'm not doing my movement practices, if I'm not being with the breath, then my, my consciousness, the way in which I show up to my writing in which I show up to, to teaching in which I show up to ritual in which I show up to sharing online, my my creativity, my consciousness, my, the, the, the quality of it is lessened. It's constricted. And so it is a, it's a reintegration of the whole, right? So that whatever, whatever tendril of the whole, like showing up and creating and and sharing, like from the depths online, that that is like, oh, of course, it's really grounded. It's dropped in with the whole rather than me trying to show up and create and then take care of myself or then do um, the, the, the body work, the embodied work, the, the traumatic healing work, like all of the, the creativity flows from who I am rather than trying to create in opposition with what's happening in uh, on a soul level in in a human body experience does that make sense mhm yeah yeah i think yeah i think we can't as much as many of us would like to i think you're you're probably a very good example of moving past mm. this but mm. this 
idea that many of us have as writers that we are brains in jars and that <laughs> yes. the body is just a jar. And, and, and I'm definitely guilty of this for sure. I just try to keep my jar in good enough <laughs> shape that it's not going to distract me with any like tweaks or whatever. I'm like, I want the yeah. jar to be basically, I don't want it interfering, but the jar is actually a huge part of the writing. And I think we yes. forget this, that if you yes. just try to be a brain in a jar, you're missing such a huge amount of the experience. Yes. Yes. And I love this. I'm thinking of Pinky and the Brain. Do you remember Pinky? Oh, and yeah. Which is yeah. <laughs> something like, <laughs> what are we going to do today? Like, this is something that pops into my head, like, all the time. It's this, it's like they're we get to drop in with our body. For me, what, what, what supports that is that the body gets to be the temple, the temple that houses soul, right? And however you relate to soul, um, the God self, fractal of God, consciousness, universe, you know, create whatever that is the divinity for, for you. Um, when we bring the sacred into it, it's like, oh yeah. So the brain is not separate, right? And I know um, when we have a higher, 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 ha ha, but like a higher intelligence, right? Especially as creators, we're like, this is everything. My brain is everything. And it's got to like, and you, you might do a whole lot of stuff in your life to make sure that your brain is nourished. But very often what happens is that we forget that the brain is it's 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 physical form right like the brain itself so the health of the brain is also interdependent and um it's interwoven with the health of the rest of the temple right so the brain is is a part of the temple and the more for like what i found the more that we bring the sacred into that it's rather than like oh this this body that's like in the way of of the art that's in the way of me like fully unleashing and 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 sharing and being uh the message whatever in whatever ways and whatever formats the more that we bring the sacred and remember the sacred through every aspect of our body we are not only able to come come to or come from with our body shifts, but our capacity to be with the wilder, the raw parts of our creativity, of our expression, of our brain, of our like of our ideation, we're like that expands. It's, it becomes exponential, it becomes infinite because we're we're coming, our come from is is the whole our come from is infinite rather than a finite aspect of like just working with our brain. And this also goes with like people who just work with spirituality, like, and that we're going to ignore the body and we're going to ignore the humaning part as well. Right. Like we all have some, right. Like something that we're kind of like, Oh, I'm going to go all in here and like not play in these other ways, but to work with and work as the infinite, it's a whole lot easier right? If our come from is the infinite rather than a finite aspect of, of what we've kind of conditioned ourselves um, to be with, which we, I mean, not that we all have that, but I would say we all have that <laughs> in some way, shape or form. <laughs> well, the irony also is that over the past year, we have had to keep our bodies very far separate mm -hmm. from each other. Mm -hmm. And who we are has looked a lot more like brains in a jar or little heads on a screen or, you know, there is, 
there's a reduction of physical contact. And, and so at the same time, it's very difficult to be visible if you're, you're trying to ignore the fact that you are a physical being. Right. It's like, we want to be these floating brains in the air. And, and yet at the same time, we, we, we have to take the step and we have to put ourselves out there and we have to risk sharing what we feel and believe. Yeah. And that involves acknowledging that we're here and, and making a, a step in that direction. Yes, it does. And I love that you kind of like that, the idea of our bodies have been separated from one another. And what I found is that those of us who are already, right, like we've been online for a long time, <clears throat> excuse me, before this last year of shenanigans had happened. And we were already, we were used to engaging in our body of work, even if other physical bodies weren't around. But I'm noticing that those who, who weren't as used to that, there's been this deep recalibration of how to connect even like over the interwebs, like when there are not other bodies. And I've noticed that a lot of creatives, it's been this constriction of like, no, but I, how do I create an isolation, mm-hmm. right? How do I allow, like, how does my body, how do I connect with my body in isolation when I'm used to connecting my, to my body in relation to other bodies in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a more physical form sort of way. And we get to really, regardless of, you know, what we, what becomes, right. What becomes of, of our world next. Um, Cause I mean, it's, it's a world it's going to, it's going to keep changing. So who, who knows where we, where we, where we go from here. Um, but I, I, I feel like we've got this, we get to be in this experiential space of, of how we engage with our own bodies, regardless of whether other bodies are around and also noticing and, and, and being in this deep attunement with our own, our own desires to continue sharing and creating and offering up whatever the magic is, 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 you know, kind of like excavating and percolating through us, regardless of how we're playing in the collective, like it gets to be if we desire it, this gets to be this creative, this creative experiment, this creative exploration of, oh, like, so what am I called to do regardless of what's happening in society? What am I called to do regardless of what's happening culturally, globally, familial stuff that's like, what am I, how am I, who am I called to create as? And this gets to be those, one of those, those, those between spaces where you really do get to rebirth your art and you get to rebirth your, your writing, your speaking, your, like your aesthetic, like whatever it might be in your, in your body and still noticing, right? Like we're still a part of the collective. It's simply shifted in this moment, but I've seen, I've heard, like, there's been this like, oh my God, like, but how do I create now? And it's like, oh, but you were never dependent on anyone else being there anyways. That was just like a conditioning that that got encoded. And so it gets like it feels like we get to really just like strip away and release some of the some of the impediments, some of the shackles, some of the armor that we've that we've kind of like 
lived behind and be even freer in, in who we are and how we create through this time. Yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting because I can feel people coming into their body as they write. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like, as you mm-hmm. read it, I mean, we think, oh, there are words, there are small symbols on a page, which is true, <laughs> but the particular symbols and the particular combination of symbols that we yeah. use, it's so strange to me that I've started to be in a position where I'm reading something and I can tell that that person was like in, mm-hmm. fully in the body as they were writing mm-hmm. it. Like yes. I can feel that as, as I'm reading what you're writing and as people just get in there mm-hmm. and that feels so important that you have that place of grounding and that you yeah. have this sense of room. It's not just this tiny pinched place in your forehead. No. <laughs> yeah. Like your body, your mind, all of it. soul, like writing, whatever, whatever your, whatever your, um, your medium happens to be, we get to tap in to that which is beyond just the physical realm. So we get to, we, we get to create multidimensionally and the body simply gets to be that portal for it to, to move through. And you can like, yes, symbols on a page, right? And, and there, there gets to be a quality of, of not only multidimensional reality of, of God consciousness, of, of, of quantum, of, of all of the things, it's life. Like those symbols on a page or on a screen, it's, it's life. And the more that you are dropped in and tapped in and turned on and energetically engaging with life, with you as a portal for life itself, that comes through. That's what you evoke onto a page, onto a stage, onto a screen. That's the evocation. Like life becomes the evocation rather than, oh, I'm going to sit down and write. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, yeah, yeah. And like, what desires to be written through me? How does life desire to be written through me in this moment, in this breath? And you can feel that quality. There's a shifting, there's a grounding, there's ether, there's like, there's breath there. Mm. You can tell, you can feel it as the reader and you can, you can tell and you can feel it when you're writing. (laughs) (laughs) So if someone is listening to this, like we're going mm. real big here. And so I'm, I'm picturing somebody out there listening. If it's you, hello. Hi. Um, <laughs> thinking, oh my God, this all sounds really amazing. But when yeah. I sit down, I worry about what people will think, or I get scared mm. when I start to type something, or I think yeah. about a family member reading what I'm writing, or I yeah. wonder if this is incredibly stupid what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't know how to bridge from that where I am now to this being in the ether and yes. conjuring and calling through. Like what's yeah. something someone could try as a concrete practice they could try in that moment of sitting down feeling like, okay, yes, I am a brain in a jar. That's how I feel. What do I do now? Yeah. Yeah. A few, like, so on the body breath, like standpoint, it's, it's really dropping in. So if you're noticing your thoughts are, are starting to take you somewhere are starting to like, they're, they're fluttering around allowing yourself to slow down. Like, so resistance, the critic, it tends to get like, um, 
very often, not for everyone, but it gets a bit higher pitched, right? Um, the timber changes and it gets a lot faster. And it's like this, we got to do, oh my God, da, 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 do it now. Da, da, da. And if you can, oh, like drop into your thighs, drop into, into your pelvis, drop into your tailbone, drop in and slow your breath down, like start to actually feel the texture, the rhythm of your breath. You might, um, you might lay down on the ground. You might start to walk around. You might climb a tree. Like you can go for like whatever it is, but letting yourself feel into the base of you, the root of you, the sacred of you, like dropping in, slowing your breath and just an inquiry. What else might be true? What else might be true? Noticing that and not to get too so like, so in, but like different identities, different subpersonalities. Like, is this even yours? Is this like, ah, oh, is this even ours? Is this even mine? Is, is this ancestral? Is this systemic? Is this coming in from the collective? Whatever it might be, but just the more that you can bring your your conscious awareness into the moment, the more that you can presence in the moment with your breath, presence with the voices, rather than trying to get rid of them or get rid of your thoughts, be with them. What are they here to show you? What do you need me to see? What do you need me to know? And also, they don't have to be in the driver's seat. They don't have to be the pilot here, right? You don't have to get rid of them but you can allow them to, to reintegrate back into formlessness, reintegrate back into the whole by simply holding that presence with them, noticing, slowing everything down. And then, okay, what else might be true? Be with the breath and then create. Don't, you don't have to wait until like you've got the perfect moment to create. It's like, oh, I can notice these things be with them. Is there a message here? Cool. Cool. What else might be true? Amazing. You can do so much stuff. You can go for a run. You can use sex magic. You can like breath work, pranayama. You can do so many things here, whatever is your, whatever is your float, your pleasure boat, and then also create and then also be in it. Like, so we don't have to wait. I find that so many folks separate. I'm either going to drop in and be in the presence or I'm going to like take quote unquote action, which is really, you're just like action is like, how are you called to now go live life? Like to energetically engage, to create in this moment. They're not separate. They're, they, they are, they're, they're, they're part of the whole. And so we get to play with both of those. And then on a, on a soul strategy, tactical standpoint, I don't do tactics, but like, I know people like tactics and sometimes they can be a portal into, into the breath, into the body, into soul. If you notice like that, you're freaking out about this stuff, then why do you feel like going into an inquiry? Why do I feel like I, I need to keep like staying in this freak out? Very often it's just a part of resistance. That's like, oh my God, like, well, all my family's watching. So I couldn't possibly do the thing. So then it's like, okay, we'll stop your family from watching, remove them from your social media accounts, take them off your email list. If you just started an email list and like your, like your aunts and your grandma and like whoever else are on there, take them off your email list. Like you can do these things as well if they help you to just show up, if you're in those moments of just showing up, like years and years ago, when I first came online, I was like, everybody I know come on my email list. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I was like, why, why, but why am I like just keeping them on my email list? How about I just like take them off? How about I just create, I didn't remove anyone from social media, but like my mom and I had a talk and I was like, yeah, just, I think maybe you just don't read what I write anymore. And she's like, okay. Because it was just like, 
she was in anxiety. And then I was, and it was just like, yeah, just don't read it. You can be very happy that your daughter writes, but you don't have to read it. And it was, it was easeful for both of us. So like dropping it on a more practical, I, I, I find the soul is very practical. Like that's the, that's the practical that I play with is, is simply what lines with soul. But those are some more physical realm. Let's say that like, those are some physical realm things you can do as well. So just in the noticing, are you allowing this to stay so that you don't have to create? Mm. And if you're right, and if you're desiring to create, then how are you being called to allow yourself to step into that anyways, regardless of, of family, friends, whatever they might think? I love that question. Mm. Are you allowing <laughs> this to stay to stop you? Yeah. From you creating. Said, from creating. Yeah. 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 <gasps> Oh, yeah. that's so often the case. It's so often the case because often uh, we think that we want to be visible, but we have ambivalence about what that actually looks like when it actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. And we think, oh, the two options are whatever I'm writing is in a drawer and locked with a key that no one knows where it is. And then I maybe put it in a block of cement and throw it to the bottom <laughs> of the river. So nobody ever sees it. Or it's flung out into the open and everybody gets to read it no matter what. Yeah. And I have no say or control over how it's consumed. Yeah. 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 And that, that puts us into that kind of victim-y um, space, that, that victim-y kind of consciousness, which feels really sticky and crunchy uh, in our body, like this energetic scar tissue. Like, oh, like it's, oh, like I don't have, I don't have, very often like there's that, I, I don't have control. And once we're able to like, oh, well, okay. What if it wasn't about control? What if it was simply about like being the portal? What if it was simply about me actually taking this sovereign reclamation of my own throne of uh, like really stepping in, no longer abdicating the throne, but actually sitting like self-appointing myself, but sitting back on my throne and looking over my, my dominion here, like what I'm desiring to have dominion over, which is you know, just like your own creativity, your own soul, like your, your, your life, whatever it might be. But then how are you giving that power away to other people? And it's like, well, well, what do I desire and how do I desire to play? And yeah, I can go out and whoever's going to read it. Sure. They can read it like, and, and regardless, what are you being called to create? Like, regardless of who reads it, it's like, what can you not say? with your life? What can you not create? Then go create that. Go say that. Go be that. Go message that. Go embody that regardless of who's on the other end. Because if we're creating for who's on the other end, and I find a lot of creatives, I went through this, you might've gone through this, but like when we first kind of get into business, we're like, and if you, if you've ever studied marketing, which I know you have, but if you've ever started marketing, it's like, you know, you have to create for the end user in mind. Like you've got to do your market research. You've got to like, um, what does the audience want from you? I find that to be incredibly constrictive and I would rather just not create. Like I, I'm like, if I create <laughs> for someone else, it doesn't turn on my soul. It's, it's what, what can I not create? What can I not write? What can I not say? And do I love when my peeps love it? Yes. And if that was the only, if that was the purpose, if that was what got me up in the morning to create, I wouldn't be, that wouldn't be me. I would be disrespecting the magic because I would be making the magic dance for someone else 
and for what they want from the magic. Yeah. 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 Don't make the magic dance, people. Don't make it dance. Don't make it dance. No. It's not going to feel good. (laughs) No, it doesn't. And I think Mm -hmm. the other thing is that the the theme of visibility is in implicit i think we think mm. oh how am i becoming visible to other people but i think the yes. point that's most important is how am i becoming visible to myself what yes. is becoming visible to me what am i allowing to become visible to me yes yeah like the deepest right like the the nitty gritty the raw of you that you perhaps have vilified, denied, disowned those aspects, those identities, those, those parts of yourself that you perhaps felt like you lost, like they, (laughs) you had to lose them in order to be safe, whatever it might be. But the parts of you that are desiring to come back into, into conscious awareness of, of, of the whole, not just kind of like living on the outskirts of yourself, but becoming like fully presence, like the stuff, like, oh, like I'm fully aware of all of myself. Like, because then you can fully access all of yourself and you get to create with all of yourself. And so I love that, like the visibility it's almost like, what are you being called to see about yourself and to remember about yourself that is desiring to be created through you? Like you as the portal, what do you need to see? And when I say need to, you know, like you don't have to do anything, right? But like, <laughs> what, what are you being called to see? What do you need to see within yourself so that you can fully create that into whatever whatever cosmic soup <laughs> and fuckery that soul is like, oh yeah, <laughs> let's play with this. Let's unleash this. Let's let this be our, our, our living legacy. Yeah. So good. So mm. good. Mm. I could keep going for another couple of hours on this topic. Right. I think it's pretty clear we could, but yes. I think the important thing is that we've made a start. And I think- yeah that I'm so grateful to have insight into your process and your approach and that others get to see how that works for you. Um, And, you know, the visibility of that, it's just so good. Thank you. I I love, I love it. I love the visibility. Like, I, I love that this is the season. I love that there are so many ways that we can play with that. Like you can never show up online you can show up online you can publish in online things you can publish tradition like you can do so much and it's all like oh like what do i want to play with today like how am i being called to be the portal for this transmission today like it gets to be whatever it is it's so it's so amazing i love it it's so great it's so So, great so great thank you so much this has been amazing Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the Secret Library Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. You can keep the conversation going by leaving a comment in the show notes at secretlibrarypodcast.com or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash secretlibrarypodcast. You can also connect directly with me on Twitter or Instagram where I'm Caro Donahue. That's at C-A-R-O-D-O-N-A-H-U-E. I look forward to chatting with you there. See you next week. Until then, happy writing.